This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin'. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin, spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. Get on social media. Find us on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. On Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms from Google to iTunes to iHeartRadio to Spotify. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it. We're also on YouTube so you can see the video edition. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it if you believe in it. And no matter what, show some appreciation today, every day, because someone is always rooting you on. Being born with very limited physical ability on his right side, how did Larry Tellton, also known as Coach T from Sequoia Middle School in Edmond, Oklahoma, turn his limited mobility into a different ability? My name is Wong Lam, your host of Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Margie Lam, the editor and producer of Defining Moments Podcast. In this episode, you're guaranteed to laugh and smile, and you may even cry. Larry has experienced so much in his life, and we are so honored that he's on this episode to share some of those experiences with you. Coach, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day to come on to your very first podcast recording. We are super honored to be your first, and we definitely will not be your last. Thank you for rooting us on because we will always be rooting you on. We believe in you, Coach. We love you. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the Finding Moments Podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and today's very special guest, he's been teaching at Sequoia Middle School since 1997, coaching at Edmond North High School since it first opened in 1993. You can do the math. I'll finish an introduction. Coach Larry Tilton, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. Very great seeing you. Before we get uh, started into this podcast, my wife and I wrote you a little note. Don't read it out loud. This is just for you. <laughs> I love it. Love it. I appreciate it. I will hang this up. This is mine. I love it. It's special. I love it too, Thank Coach. You. Thank you so much. And also, if you would like, if you'd like to say a little prayer for this podcast. I would love it in. if you don't mind. Lord, I thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've given us. I just thank you for the the talent and the, uh, Lord, the desire that you've given Wong and, and Morgan. I just thank you for what they do. 
And I pray that the words that we uh, share today can reach more than we know. And I pray that everybody that's out there listening is just blessed and uh, can benefit from this interview. And I just thank you so much. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. So do you remember how we actually first started talking? I I did. I I, I was kind of a, it was kind of embarrassing but funny because I was like, I've never heard a podcast ever. And so one of my good friends was on one of your shows, mm -hmm. Nate Gomez. And uh, so I watched his podcast and was like, hey. So I finally tweeted that I had watched my third pod, my first podcast ever. So yeah. And then you reached out and was like, all right, we'd like to talk to you. And I went, holy cow. I told my wife and she cracked up. She was like, wait a second. The guy that runs the podcast wants to talk to you? I went, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And we so, met up at Sunnyside Diner. Sure did. And had one of the most amazing conversations. It was about a two and a half, three hour conversation. Yeah. And it was just great. And then this friendship is just blossoming into yeah. keeping track with or in touch with you, tracking to see what you're doing with the kids, your teaching. How's your semester going so far? Great. It's going great. I mean, you know, I teach PE. I tell everybody I teach honors PE. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. We've kids are great. I teach sixth through eighth graders. And so, uh, and right now we're in our favorite my favorite time of season, uh, wrestling's fixing to start, mm. so we're doing a wrestling unit. But it's uh, and football season's right. I coach football too, so I can mm -hmm. recruit for wrestling. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm right in the middle of that, and it's uh, so I love it. So it's going really good. I love it. How's your wife doing? My wife is awesome. She is. It's my boss, and uh, <laughs> she's actually working today. She works at Scott Savage Prosthetics and Research. Mm -hmm. And uh, she she loves it. So I, she's my she's my rock. Yeah, I promise you. That's awesome. And how are you doing today? Man, I am. I'm I'm here. I'm nervous. Yeah. But you know, I'm uh, I'm here to have fun and just enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm, it's the first for me. Never yeah, I know. Podcast, so. I know. That's, I remember <laughs> you tweeting about that, and so I was like, well, let's uh, get you on to have a first recording of a podcast with your coach. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. How does a coach, teacher, husband like yourself enjoy life? Because you have many things going throughout the day and all these kids, students are responsible for. That's a good question. I, uh, Man, I first off, I try to not take a lot of that home. Uh, my wife, I, I will say this, I've got the most supportive wife. She comes to almost all my events whether it's a football game or wrestling match. And I tell her sometimes, I'm not sure I even want to go to it, so I, I can't believe you're coming. Uh, but just to, I, I've watched a lot of TV. I also, uh, I love music and, uh, and play some golf. And then I've uh, picked up playing harmonica three years ago. And so I do a lot of that and just hang loose. But, I try to, I try to keep it separated, work and play, and yeah. So, but like I tell the kids, when it's time to work, we work hard. When it's time to play, we play hard. So I love it. You know. Yeah. So. So how hard do you play the harmonica? <laughs> um, 
I bought it, like I said, three years ago. I bought my first one in Memphis and drove my wife crazy. And uh, and I I can play a few songs here and there now. Okay. So, you know, but it's it's good. That's it's awesome. Good. Just fake it. I don't even know how to read music. So. <laughs> well, me, me neither. So. so I don't know if you brought a harmonica. You can fake it because I'm not going to be able to tell. Maybe our, some of our listeners are like, I don't know. They'll call you the carpet. But if you brought your harmonica, let's hear a song or two. Um, okay. So I did bring a harmonica. I brought My wife actually brought me a whole case. Oh, that's what the case is. Okay. So she bought me a case of harmonicas. But, so I've I've learned. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. There's a slew of them in there. There's like seven or eight of them. And I did, wow. not, I did not realize that harmonicas had different keys. But... Uh, you know, I know if you're, you know, everybody that thanks for music and thanks harmonica, thanks the very first thing is piano man. You know, with oh the yeah, so yeah, yeah. You know, you just Wow. So I've done that. I've done even classical music, you know. What uh like what type? Well, I mean I know it's I just classical, but what would you think classical? I'm thinking Beethoven, Bach. So yeah, wow. stuff like that, you know. So, <laughs> and That's I do blues awesome. stuff like that, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I just yeah. pick it up and play it by ear, and that's how I've learned every song. Man, so I just, I like I said, I fake it. <laughs> so you fake it well, coach. So you know, been doing that for thirty years now. What so. about Tom Petty? Oh yeah, um, Tom Petty. So mm -hmm. yeah, I can do that. I like you know, it. You can do the old. My day lamb was born. There's all gathered around. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So you got that bad to the bone stuff like that. So just pick up stuff like that. I oh, play it all man. the time for the kids, and they're like, "Oh my gosh!" So wow, anyway, it's fun. It's fun. Married. Got kids, you coach kids, lots of students. You've been doing it since for about 23 years now, at least yes. teaching and then coaching for around 26 years. <clears throat> I've done the math, by the way. So <laughs> just in case well, our listeners didn't do the math, I did the math for them. And then also, you are state champion coach, junior high wrestling yeah. a few times. Yeah. Then you've been inducted into the Hall of Fame, Wrestling Hall of Fame here in Oklahoma. Right. How do you like just you know, I process was, that? It, it's I was really it was I was truly blessed. And as far as the '93 and the '97 starting, um, when I student taught, I actually student taught at Sequoia mm. in '93, and so I did my G, I was a GA a grad assistant. Wow! When North opened up, I was actually at UCO 
three years prior, and I was a manager slash assistant coach there. We won a national championship there, Division Two, And then the following year is when I started at North with a guy named Rick Bowenback, who ironically is being inducted this year for a lifetime service achievement. Wow. And so uh, I started with him, and it was it was ugly. We were <laughs> we had we were oh we were one and eight, and it was um, it was a very learning year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to start in 1993, and then to think that. You know, in 2013, 20 years later, we actually won the state championship in 6A. Wow. And it was in, uh, and so, you know, in junior high, I was, I've, I've always, and I would tell people this, and I've always told people this, I've always been blessed with great wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you can imagine coaching basketball, if you were handed a team with Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and, you know, Magic Johnson, it's not hard to go coach that. Yeah. You know, and that's basically, I had a bunch of good wrestlers that came through. Uh, it seemed like just about the right time, but mm-hmm. you know, so, but I mean, it, it was, it was good and it was fun. And so to just think that I never played sports when I was a kid, um, because my mom wouldn't let me. Yeah. And that was another deal that, that maybe we'll get in later. But, uh, so I was, I was, I never had any success on the mat or on the football field like that. So people look at me and they're like, why is this guy even coaching? But I was always blessed to be around mm-hmm. good programs and great coaches who took their time and taught me and just yeah. took me out of the wing. So yeah. that's how it happened. I was yeah. really lucky. Well, yeah, I would say fortunate as well. But you talked about Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Those are three great NBA legends, and if you had them, you would expect, or you would think it would win based on <clears throat> past stats. However, I feel like it takes a special human being to manage <laughs> and actually coach that type of talent. That's that's true. I mean, you know, the, the one thing that that uh, that I've had people point out is that, you know, even though you may have had all this talent, like you said, uh, you had to manage it. You had to make sure they were down to weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure they were motivated because uh, I know that there's a lot of teams that have great talent that all they do is fight and argue and they end up never doing yeah. any good. Right. So just keeping guys focused and on task. Um, and I was just, like I said, it was, I was fortunate to be taught by some of the best guys that I've ever been around. I mean, yeah. my college coach, my college coach was the second all time winningest coach in NCAA history. Wow. He won 12 national championships. So to, to take that into when I was my three years there at UCO and then going to North and helping that out, taking that knowledge and what he taught me and mm-hmm. what he showed us, um, it just carried over in there. And then I tried to take that down to junior high a little bit. And I've been pretty good and blessed, you know, so it's been yeah. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So it's really nothing I did. It's all they did, but you know, it's fun to be a part of it. Oh, absolutely. You're a huge part of it. You know, so. they're they're right and they're gonna remember that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And their families too. So that's really super special, I I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then you got inducted into the Hall of Fame here in Oklahoma for the and wrestling, correct? Well, actually, yeah. Was, so here's what happens. The National Wrestling Hall of Fame is in Stillwater. Okay. And in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, they have each state has its own chapter. And they have different awards. They have Lifetime Achievement, Service Achievement Awards. They have an Outstanding American Award. And then they have Medal of Courage. And so each year they nominate up to seven people. And so five Lifetime Service Awards, an Outstanding American, and then a Medal of Courage. And I received the Medal of Courage in 2018. I was nominated, ironically, by my junior high coach. Wow. And I was like, wow. So... Oh, that was a huge honor. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty humbling experience. Yeah. So did you give a speech? Was the likes of John Smith? Was he? Uh, there? Yeah, John Smith was there. Uh, There's a lot of a lot of talent in that. Kendall Cross, mm-hmm. who was a '96 Olympic medalist. Yeah. You know, uh, and then there's multiple national champions in NAIA and you know NCAA two schools and and some number Division one schools. And so the, that's what it was, was funny because here I am. I've never even won a match. I've wrestled seven matches in my life, and I'm zero for seven. I've only got pinned in five though, so that was good. But <laughs> but I'm thinking here I am, a guy that's never won a match, giving a speech to all these champs, and it was just, it's humbling. It really I'm is. Sure. It was very humbling. Yeah, it was, it was a big honor. So yeah, after meeting you, meeting Coach Schneider, Coach Gomez, Coach Rosen, and then talking with Paxton, all wrestling family, very uh, tight, close knit. I feel like I've missed out. I should have wrestled. There you go. You know, I, I should have wrestled, but now I'm talking to all these wrestlers with great mental strength. I feel like that's probably one of the biggest phrases. You know, what's your mental strength like? You know, I think you're right. As far as wrestling, I think is a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And if I if I walk down the street and I see somebody with a wrestling shirt on, I know, I know what that guy's been through in practice. Mm-hmm. I know his mindset. He's got to be self disciplined, self motivated. He works hard, uh, and and even if he's done and not wrestling, he's still. Um, I think. This guy knows what it's like and he's experienced and you just have an automatic respect for that person. I mean, and I'm not saying football's not as tough, but I played football one year and I stood on the sideline and never did anything. Yeah. You know, the thing is, even if you're not a starter in wrestling, you got to go out there and still work out with the guys that are and get beat on every day. Mm. You're bleeding, you're sweating, you're running with them. Even though you're not getting any glory, yeah, you're still doing it with them. So you're doing yeah. the same thing. And a lot of times, those guys that are the JV guys or like I was, I was actually pushing that starter to keep him from mentally breaking. Wow. You know, I'm like, you can do this. If I can do this, you can do this. And mm-hmm. I think it's just a different mindset with a wrestler that if I've been through a wrestling practice, a wrestling match, there's nothing that's too tough for me. Yeah. I, I can beat it. If anything, I'm going to die trying. Yeah. So, you know, and then, um, so I, I, a lot of that was goal setting, set a lot of goals, you know. I mean, even at, even now, on my 
On my 50th birthday, I set a goal of doing 10,000 push-ups in a year. And so my birthday is May 16th. Wow. And so I started, and in September, September 17th, I had 10,000. Whoa. And I was like, you know what? Let's just, <laughs> let's just keep going. Yeah. So I ended up doing 38,000 that year. You know, it was just because I set a goal. I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to achieve it. That's awesome. So, you know, a lot of people just, I mean, wrestlers can't do wrong. They do feel sorry for themselves, but yeah. pushing through that, having the self-discipline and motivation to do it, it's, I learned that all from wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I try to teach that to my kids too. That's awesome. So, you know. I feel like that's a really good correlation into into life experience too. The mental oh, yeah. toughness side, getting into the, whether it's corporate world or starting up your own job, being a coach, teacher. You got to have some serious mental strength to yeah. power through every day with yeah. at least at least 30 different personalities in any given hour <laughs> as a teacher. Well, that's, you know, we tease each other because uh, you almost need a psychology degree, too, to coach. <laughs> so you got so many different personalities. And uh, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's tough to to be able to to talk and motivate and understand mm. all the different people that come in from different places. And, uh, you know, I'll just say this. There's a lot of, a lot of wrestling coaches, the kids look up to and they respect because they have their credentials. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were a state champ, national champ. If anything, they can beat them. You know, I can't beat my coach. You know, um, we had a kid that wrestled for us who was a very good wrestler named Tion Ware, and he could never beat our head coach, Rick Bolenback. And I'll never forget one day, his junior year, I'm at the other end of the room wrestling big guys. He was about a 135-pounder, and I hear him scream. I'm like, yeah! And I turn around, and, and he had finally put Coach Bolenback on his back for the first time ever. Wow. And he was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and so... But, you know, so anyway, to put, uh, I don't have those credentials. You know, I, I was never. So the thing is, but I, I've been around people and successful wrestlers that have battled to the same thing that anybody, a JV kid or anybody has gone through and I can relate to them. And so that's where I, I actually, how can I say this? I'm a little more open yeah. with my kids and honest, and I think they respect that too. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. And it, it comes in the same with, with the classroom. You know, kids are like, we don't understand. I'm like, try me. I may. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been through a lot more experiences than you think. Yeah. I'm not just this former athlete that fell into this job. I had to work for it, and... uh Trust me, I've probably, I've probably been through some of the same stuff that you've been through or, and are experienced or have experienced. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Speaking of some of your experiences, what's an experience that has a defining moment for you that you went through in life that's kind of helped shape or molded you to today? <clears throat> um, probably a few of them if you want well, to Well, I mean, them. there is. Um, you know, the very, the very first thing that I uh, – when I was born, I have, I have a twin sister. There's eight kids in my family. 
and uh, and so uh, I have a twin sister. Her name's Paula, and um, she came out first. And I was classified as cerebral palsy. I I came out second. So actually, the doctors told my mom and dad that I probably wouldn't live through the night. Off at first, they were like, "Well, we'll be like, we'll we'll monitor him." Wow. Kind of given the worst case scenario, you know. And so then they were like, okay, well, if he does live, he'll be, you know, paralyzed. Because I was paralyzed from the right side at birth. Mm-hmm. Now, I tell the kids, so for you kids that are watching, I really wasn't injured in the war. I, I, I was, <laughs> I tell them all kinds of stuff. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> I actually was paralyzed at birth on the right side. And so um, growing up, I had to figure out how to do stuff with one hand, you know? And uh, so that's one reason why my mom and dad don't let me play sports is because they were worried about breaking my good arm. No. You know? Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to feed you, spoon feed you. But here's the thing is that all my brothers and sisters got to play. And I was like, well, that's not fair. They So they told me we just couldn't afford it. Mm. But uh, I've got two brothers, my brothers Ray and Steve, and they're more like Frank and Jesse James. Uh, they were, they were just wild men. But they would not let. So mom, of course, I'm a, I'm gonna be a, a mama's boy, you know. Yeah. Why? So anytime that mom was out of earshot, they would just abuse me, like, "Get up, you little punk! You're not hurt," you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And so they expected me to live my life like quote normal people do. Mm. You know, you don't need those training wheels on your bike. Get rid of those training wheels. And so they made me learn how to ride a bicycle. You know, wow. uh, matter of fact, this is a funny experience. The first time I ever learned how to water ski, me and my brother Ray went to the lake up in Stillwater, Carl Blackwell, and he said, You're not getting in the boat till you get up on skis. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So for two hours, I was trying to get up, trying to get up. When I finally got up on my skis, my right ski fell off. So I just put my right foot behind my left foot and slalomed for about 600 yards or whatever and finally crashed. And he came back by and he was like, that was awesome, Larry. He goes, now you gotta get up on one. <laughs> Dude, just get me in the boat, I'm dying, you know? Yeah. But I had, he wouldn't let me in the boat until I, my forearms were like just cramping up and I was like, oh my gosh. But now that I look back on that, they taught me feeling sorry for yourself isn't gonna get you anything. Mm. And so I had to work and I appreciated what I was doing uh, afterwards. And I and here's the thing, since I was taught that, I I just assumed that all kids were like that, that had, you know, disabilities or whatever. And so when I'm going in school and they're like picking teams for basketball teams, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm I'm, I'm here, you know. And yeah. Like, well, you can't play. I'm like, yeah, I can. Watch, you know. So and I had a good attitude about it. Yeah. You know, wasn't poor, pitiful me. And so taking that into when I was, I tried to play football. <clears throat> horrible, horrible at it. I got to play six seconds. So my eighth grade year, I went out and um, my junior high coach was named Steve Dunlap. And I said, man, this I'm too far behind on technology or, or terminology and stuff, and I just don't understand it. And so he goes, well, be manager. 
And I said, okay. So I was manager. And then after football season, he said, why don't you be my wrestling manager? And I said, what do they do? And he goes, mop mats, help me keep score at the duels and so forth. I'm like, sure. So I came in and what I didn't know was that like we would partner up to wrestle matches. Somebody would raise their hand and go, I don't have a partner. He'd be like, Larry, go wrestle that guy. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the thing. It didn't matter if he was heavyweight or 75 pounds. I'm going to wrestle this guy. So right. I was getting killed, but I was still wrestling. And uh, I learned more from just watching these guys. And so what's ironic about the whole thing is that, like, I would be sitting in a corner at a tournament with my coach keeping score. Mm. And somebody would come up two mats down and he'd be like, hey, go coach them until I get done with this kid. And so I'm coaching in eighth grade. Wow. Started coaching. And then uh, David James, who's the head coach at UCO for 34 years, and he said, hey, man, how would you like to come help us? And I was like, you bet. That'd be an honor. Wow. And so I got to do, so I'm saying it just, you know, it's, it's, it's weird how God puts people in your life mm. to just bless you and help you. And that's what it's been like, you know, my whole life. Um, but yeah, it's been, that's just one of the main handy or tribulations that I've been to, been through, mm -hmm. but you had to overcome. So, yeah, you know. So. Wow. So you're born with a classified cerebral palsy. You didn't think you were going to make it through the night. Paralyzed on your right, right, right arm, right leg too. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah. learn how to ski stall them on by chance, and yeah. your your brothers are pretty excited about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, the other thing is so. My dad, like I said, with a family of uh, of eight kids, seven mm -hmm. kids. Um, so my dad really put a lot of stock in work. You guys need to work. And so, man, we worked. And I, I will, I will say that our family is some some of the hardest working people I've ever met. That mm -hmm. um, I can even remember my dad telling me between my sophomore and freshman year, he's like, "Son, you got to really." think about your future. He goes, because sports isn't going to put food on the table for you. Because I was paralyzed and I couldn't, right. you know, and you're a manager. What's, what's that going to, there's no offer for a manager scholarship, you know? Yeah. And so it's ironic. Uh, so I'm, I'm like, here I am coaching, you know? Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I did that. I, I was, my junior, between my junior and senior year, actually my sophomore and junior year, um, I, I one of the other things I did, tribulations I learned was, and, and powered through was that I left for school one morning, I came back and my dad was off. My dad was a truck driver for Kane's Coffee. And I learned the importance of telling somebody that you love them. And uh, here's how, because I'll never forget, it was January 10th. It was cold, 1984. <laughs> My truck wouldn't start. And I was like, tried to get it started and battered it down. So I I called my friend to come pick me up. And my dad's bedroom was by my where my truck was parked. And he 
peeked his head out the door and he goes, hey, is your truck broke down? I, I wanted to say, duh, you know. So I go, yes. And he said, hey, we'll work on it when you get home to practice. And I was like, whatever. I was just frustrated with that. And, you know, it's like, whatever. So I walked out the door. And at 11 o'clock, I got a note. I was supposed to go up to the office. I went to the office at school, and the financial secretary said, hey, I need you. I need to take you to the hospital. For what? And she goes, your dad's had a heart attack. I said, okay. So I went up there, and uh, he passed away. On the table, he had another massive heart attack. So the last thing I ever said to my dad was, whatever. And that's really hard. You know, I, I regret that. I live with that regret. And so I, I really try to instill that in my students is that, hey, you don't understand. You have no idea. Even if your mom has a fight with you because you didn't pick up your room and you're fighting on the way to school and you get out of school and you slam the door or I hate you or whatever, that could be the last time you ever see that person. Mm. So... Before you get out, you need to let people know how you feel about them all the time so you never regret it. And so what's funny is that I make my students, if they have to use my phone in my office, they have to say three things. And they, I, I'm so sick of people. Kids, listen to me. I hate it when they call and they're like, hey, I'm done with practice. Come pick me up. I'm like, you talk to your mom like that? Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. You have to say, please come pick me up, thank you. And then before you hang up, you have to say, I love you. And they're like, well, what, my mom's my sister. Doesn't matter, you love her too. As much as she ticks you off, say, I love you. <laughs> yeah. So if they don't, it's 20 push-ups for everyone they don't say. So when I work, when I work the bus duty, crosswalk duty, kids are getting out of the car, I'm like, don't forget to say, I love you. And what's really funny is that Parents will stick around for that. No matter how far, how late they are for work, they'll wait for 10 seconds, 15 seconds for the kid to go, okay, I love you, mom. <laughs> you know, they'll they'll stick around for that. So yeah. it's, it's worth it. So that's the good, that's one of the good things I learned. But, you know, that's one way. That, and I implement, I implement that into my coaching and teaching. So, you know, as much as I can. So, um but yeah, there's there's been some challenges. I mean, my my mom died when I was 32. She had brain cancer. Unironically, that was the year that I won uh, the junior high state championship. So I gave her my plaque, mm. and uh, it was really cool. So, um, but yeah, you know, I've been I've been blessed through some stuff. But the thing is, all the stuff I've learned from wrestling and from my my family growing up that didn't allow me to to get babied or, or feel sorry for myself, that really helped me get through these times, you know? So um, there's, there's been a lot of stuff, but I try to, I try to show that to my wrestling team and, and my different students as well. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? I, I remember when we had that conversation at uh, the first time I met you and I immediately after I left, I, I called my wife and I told her how amazing 
the conversation was an amazing person that you are. And I was like, man, this, we, we intentionally try to bring on guests to, to share stories. And, and it was definitely intentional having you on because the message that you send to just, I, I think anyone that you come across call it the great energy exchange. You have great energy, very positive energy. And Thank I you. definitely appreciate that about you, Thank Coach. You. Thank you. You talked early in the podcast about excellence, and you also mentioned about this is what my kids got to do to be focused for their day. How does a coach like you, what kind of habits do you have to focus <clears throat> on days? Every morning, every morning, I get up. I normally get up around uh, 5 and. I read my Bible every day uh, and try to read. You know, I've, I've read through the New Testament. I'm trying to read through the Old Testament now. And uh, I have to admit, some of the parts of the Old Testament is a little rough to get through. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I get stuff from there. And uh, so I just being able to have my quiet time and and get with God. Sometimes he talks to me. I never knew that, you know, I was, when people are always like, yeah, God talked to him. I'm like, sure, whatever, you know. Um, but I understand now that, you know, um, God does talk to people, maybe not audibly, but he leads you to certain things, you know. Uh, matter of fact, I'll just, I'll share something that, so like this is, you know, when you said, what was your defining moment? So one of the things that I've been through, that was just some of my childhood stuff, right? Um, I was married in 1992 and uh, I, my wife's name was Candace and we had a son named Seth. And Seth is an awesome kid. And uh, anyway, again, another one of those days that will just for always be etched in my mind. Um, November 17th, 1994. I got up, five o'clock, read my Bible, got on the road, went to school, and I get a call about nine o'clock. Actually, my Vice principal came to my classroom and got me out. I wasn't teaching then; I was just a, a student. I was a teacher's assistant. Mm. Bolenbach, the guy I coached with, was with the administrator, and they said, "Hey, we need you to come with us." And I said, "What's going on?" And she said, um, "Your wife's been raped at your house." And I went, "Wait, wait a second." Somebody broke in my house and raped my wife. And they were like, yeah. I was like, where is she at? And they were like, she's at Logan Medical Center. I went up there and uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. And that was one of those deals. I just thought, man, you know, I'll do anything I can to help. Uh, and it really, I mean, it scarred her physically, mentally, um, and I, 
you know, it, it became very difficult. Matter of fact, I uh, I just couldn't understand why it happened to me and her, you know. Ironically, and they never caught the guy. They caught him 12 years later. And it was one of the guys I used to work with at another job. But she became an alcoholic of that. I didn't know this. And she ended up passing away. Uh, we had gotten divorced because her alcoholism had gotten so bad. But I, I got Seth, and she chose that path. And uh, anyway, I, I was having a hard time. I was by myself raising a son, and I, you know, on the luxurious life of a teacher, I was struggling with money, and I'm just like, man, you know, what? God, what What are you trying to teach me? And so I, I just happened to be reading in the Bible that day, and I want to read, it's Second Chronicle, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 12, and it's Paul, the apostle, he's talking about, um, it just says, because the extravagance of this revelation, he's talking about this revelation he had from God, he said, and so I wouldn't get a big head. I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he, in fact, did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it three times. I did that, and then he told me, my grace is enough, it's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength, moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride, and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, oppositions, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. So when I read that, I thought, you know, all these bad things that happened to me, the paralysis, the bad breaks I'm getting with my parents passing away, never going to see my grandkids, their grandkids. My wife divorced me. She passed away. I was like, man, you know, I'm living, you know, pretty much a life of poverty with my son. I don't say poverty, but I sure wasn't living the good life. I thought, and that's one of those times that he didn't audibly speak. He's just like, hey, get a clue. You're blessed. You have a son. You have a job. You have a home. What are you griping about? You know, I was like, wow. Okay. I get it, God. I get it. So wow. that's what I preach to my kids is that, you know, no matter what you've gone through, God's still with you. You're blessed. He'll take care of you, you know, and he'll surround you with the right people mm -hmm. if you'll be open to them. And if you, if you believe in him and help, he'll help you. All you got to do is accept it. And that's mm -hmm. the hardest part is accepting, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. So. Wow. That's deep.
<laughs> yeah. Well, he kind of punched me in the mouth. Then I was like, okay, I got mm. you, you know? So mm -hmm. I do a little deal. I wish I'd brought some paper. Um, so in my football team, I do a deal with- That's the paper. Okay. So what I do is I take two, I take two sheets of paper and they're both clear, you know, and, and no marks. And I say, okay. And I tell the kids, that I tell them when I was born, I was paralyzed when I make this big fat crease. I'm like, look, this paper looks different than the other. You know, I've got the one that's sitting here and like, yeah. And then, you know, I was, I had seizures and I was different from other kids. Nobody wanted to play with me because I was different. They didn't want to pick me on their team. When I got in high school, girls didn't want to date me because I was different, you know? And I said, you know, then when my dad passed away, that was another big crease in my life. It was really hard. I said, and then I, you know, got married and my wife was raped. I said, that's huge. And I make another big crease and I'm saying all the time, and I've got this other person, a little a smaller kid, like a kicker. Yeah. That's holding this piece of paper. I'm like, you hold the piece of paper. He's like, okay. And so I'm folding this up and I'm like, then I got divorced. And I said, that was another huge crease in my life. I said, then my ex-wife died. So now my son doesn't have a mom. I said, that looks pretty horrible. I said, this piece of paper looks really small and weak. And I give it to a big strong lineman. I go, now tear that in half with your hands. And he's like, can't do it hmm. and I'm like because the stronger you, the weaker you become the stronger you are Ooh. and then I have the kicker rip the one that looks clean and easy yeah no problems yeah he just tears it in half I said but this is the one that's really strong because it's gone through all the different trials and tribulations and I said you know in mm -hmm. James 1 in verse 2 it says consider it pure joy to go through all the trials and tribulations that you have, consider it pure joy because mm -hmm. that's how you gain perseverance and perfection in your life. And so that's why I show the kids. And it's, I've had, I've had more people come back than I thought and go, coach, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I needed to hear that. So that was, wow. that's just something that, and he taught me that that morning there. I was like, you know what? This is, how I can show kids. And I've had a lot of people, and Andy Schneider, who's the head coach at the North, is also the leader of the FCA chapter there at the North. And he invited me to speak one time and I showed that, I gave my testimony and used that. And I had a, I had a pretty good, uh, I don't know what you, response, I guess, that's what you'd call it. There's a lot of people that, you know, most kids, dash out of there and get to their next thing but I had a lot of people stop and tell me thank you really appreciate it had a lot of hugs that night a lot of people said I love you yeah. you know so it's it means a lot it means a lot so wow I think God just uses me a tool that's what I am I'm, I'm a I'm just a tool in his in his you know work set yeah so all of us are yeah
Speaking of, of God and uh, Coach Schneider, who are three people you wish you could just communicate with, talk to on the phone or meet in person if you didn't have any social media? Oh, wow, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Schneider's very, I, he's one of my, he's one of my good friends and mentors. You know, the thing is, people think a mentor's got to be young or older, but that's mm. not really true. I, I've learned a lot from that guy, you know. Um, and so, you know, obviously him, um, gosh, that's, you know, my, my dad taught me a lot. Um, he was very wise. Um, I had a, so I, my dad would be one very, I just, I kind of go back to the words he's always taught me, um, you know, and, uh. And then I've got a, a real good friend who, when I, like I say when I was in junior high, our head coach took me under his wing, and basically just encouraged me, developed me, and said, and actually just believed in me and said, you can do this, you know, you can be a manager, and he's like, you can be a coach, if that's what you want to do, and I also had another guy, that. This is the old athletic director at Edmond where I went to school. I went to Edmond Memorial because it was the only school then. When my dad died at 16, my mom was the principal secretary, and the athletic director had an office behind her office. And so he offered me a job. Well, anybody that knows me, you can ask anybody. Whatever I touch, I break. I, I can, I'm excellent at it. Um, so if you need some new equipment, just let me touch it. I'll break it and get insurance for it. Um, but anyway, I went to work for him. I, I was horrible. I thought, man, he's going to fire me, you know, and he didn't. He just kept saying, I even tried to quit one time. I said, I'm mm -hmm. done. I'm tired of messing up your stuff. You're just doing this because my mom, you're just helping my mom out. And uh, <laughs> he was like, okay, be over to this school tomorrow at seven. I'm like, I understand I quit. I don't not quitting for the day I'm quitting Done. for good yeah done he's like okay he goes be there seven I'm like you don't get it you know yeah. I kept telling him and so I went home early that because I quit during the day I went home this is in the summertime my mom goes what are you doing home I was like I quit I said I know he just hired you because of you he hired me just because of you and I said I, I screw everything up I said I'm just a mess up I said I I'm, I'm, I'm quitting and she goes you better go back there and get your job Mm. And so I went back. He was gone. And I thought, great. So she goes, do you know where he's going to be tomorrow? I said, yes. He told me to meet at 7 o'clock at this school. So she goes, you better be there. So I walked back at 7 o'clock. We were putting some dirt on an infield, a baseball field. I walked up. He handed me the shovel. Didn't say anything like, told you so, or like that. Handy, this done, this done, this <laughs> done. But at the same time, he also was... Um, a great mentor for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he would tell me, like, there's nothing you can't do. You gotta keep working. And um, he, I, I was like, I was gonna join the Navy. I wanted to join the Navy when I got out of high school. And he's, Marine recruiters and stuff were like, you can't, you can't even use your right hand. You can't be in the Navy. So I was like, I don't know what to do. And he goes, you're going to college. And I said, two things. One, I'm not smart enough. Two, 
you got to have money. And he goes, I don't have to have money. He goes, you have a disability. And I go, I, didn't, I don't like that. He goes, well, you know what? Believe it or not, you do. Use it to your advantage. So I went up to Vocational Rehabilitative Services, and I was like, I was going to try to get some money. And they go, how much? They were like, do you plan on staying on campus? And I went, no, I doubt it. Why? And they were like, because we're going to pay for your housing too. Yeah. So my whole college was paid for. Wow. Because of my disability. I almost got in a fight with him because I was, there was a guy that went to school. I, I know we're almost done, but the Brett Adams was a great athlete in Edmond. He graduated in 87, and this is a Dunlap. Steve Dunlap, my junior high coach, trained him in the summertime. So on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays, he would take him up to the track at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and they would run 50 timed 40-yard dashes. 50? 50. Wow. And he would get a 25-second rest in between each one of them. And then after 25, he would get five-minute rest. So Dunlap called me one day. He goes, hey, I need your help. I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do? And he goes, I want to give, he goes, I want you to race Brett. Okay, whatever. So basically what they did is they used me as a rabbit. Mm -hmm. He gave me a 10-yard head start. And if Brett couldn't beat me, then that one didn't count. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> here I am running with him. I was running 30 yards for instead of 40 yards. Yeah. And Coach Straw, who was the athletic director, saw me running. And I'm, and I'm getting mad because I'm thinking, I've got a 10-yard head start and I still can't beat this guy. So after I got done, I'm walking off the track and I ran into Coach Straw. He was like, what's wrong with you? And I said, I'm just, I'm horrible. I stink. He goes, son, he goes, you're never going to beat that kid. And that made me mad. I was like, what do you mean I'm never going to beat that kid? And he goes, Larry, God made you different. Mm. He goes, you're handicapped. He goes, whether you want to admit that or not, you are. He goes, I know you don't see it. He goes, and people don't see it either. He goes, but he goes, you are. He goes, and that guy is a star athlete. You're never going to beat him. And I was like, I was mad. Mm. I, I, I wanted to hit him really bad. And he goes, I know it ticks you off. You think I'm a big jerk? He goes, but fact's a fact. And that's when he's like, but that doesn't have to define you. You can be whatever you want to be, but still you have to do it differently than other people. Yeah. And I went, gotcha. Mm. You know? So that's kind of the, so Joe Straw is another guy that I would really, and I still, I call him to this day and, he tells me to wow. hug my hug hug my wife and tell her I love her and hug my kids and he's just a, he's a super guy so I wouldn't be here without him either. That's awesome. I mean he's he's the kind of guy that I'll never forget. I had my first date when I was working for him. Yeah. And of course I work with a bunch of high school guys. Like, hey, it's what you need to do and stuff. <laughs> so after we get off work, he pulls me to the side and he goes, "Hey, I'm gonna tell you something." I go, "What's that?" And he goes. If you try to kiss this girl tonight, I'm going to hit you in the mouth. <laughs> what? And he goes, you treat her like a gentleman. Mm. And I went, okay. So I was like, I understand. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know, I was like, all right. So he kind of took over my dad Yeah. left off. So he taught me a lot too. Wow. So.
That's phenomenal. I've been blessed with a lot of good mentors. Yeah. So, man. That's powerful stuff. You, I, your stories are, are so amazing and so in-depth, and there's a, there's so much to learn from for listeners and our, our viewers and myself included. What's a piece of advice you would give your younger self? Wow. <clears throat> you know, I go back now and I stuff that I, I I tell my I tell my athletes this. You know, in the side view mirror of your car it says objects appear bigger than they really are. Mm. You know. But I think in life it's just the opposite. Things look a whole lot worse than they really are. Mm. And you think about it, when you get a cut. And you're bleeding. You're like, oh my gosh, I cut my finger off. But then by the time you clean it up, it's a gash. It's maybe this big. And you're yeah. like, a Band-Aid can fix it, you know. Well, it's the same thing. Originally, it looks really bad. There's no hope, whatever. Um, if if I, you know, now at 52 could go back and tell a 17-year-old kid who was scared to death of, you know, everything is that, don't be scared of anything uh, because God's got your back and everything's going to work out. Mm. Everything's going to work out, you know, and don't be afraid. Uh, and kids today, I, I, I sit there and think, man, if I only had the guts and if I knew now or knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. you know, I would have done this. I would have tried this. I would have asked this girl out or whatever, you know, I mean, yeah. just whatever. Right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I I missed out on because I was too scared yeah. of what, what happened. And I was, and I, I thought, well, I can't do that. Yeah. And things happen that you can't, just like I said, I didn't think I could go to college, but God arranged it. Yep. Hey, here's the deal. I'm going to pay your college and you're going to work for the UCL wrestling team. So. I've got you covered. Just go do it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So that's why I tell myself is don't be afraid. Don't fear. Just go do it. I love it. You know. Wow. How does uh, Coach Telton want to be remembered? Wow. Um, I think I think when people think of Larry Tettleton, as far as an athlete, Somebody that believed in him, whether they were a star or not, because that's I try to keep, I try to do that. I don't just. There are some coaches that only care about their star athletes. Yeah. And everybody else is kind of off in the corner doing their own thing. I try to let this kid that is the third string one fifty pounder, you're just as important as this guy right here. Yeah. Because I was that guy. Right. You know. Um. So I want them to know that, that you know, I cared for all of them. I believed in all of them and that I love them and they can love me and I'll be honest and truthful. I think that's what I want them to remember is that he was an honest guy, loyal guy, and uh, and he, he truly loved them, yeah. you know. And as far as the other coaches, they know that I, I guess here's – what I read here, you know, is that 
all your accomplishments mean nothing. I mean, don't be wrong. They're huge. And I appreciate all the honors that have been bestowed on me. But it's nothing compared to what I hope to get one day. You know, and that I never want to get, like like I told you and we ate, you know, being in the Hall of Fame and winning championship, it, it, it does. It kind of starts going to your head until the seventh grade 190 pounder takes advantage of your weakness and throws you on your back and pins you. And you're like, yeah. I just got pinned by a seventh grader. So that kind of keeps me humble. I like it. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. So it's like, I never want to lose that humility of I'm a better coach than you, you know, or I'm a better person. That's mm-hmm. baloney. So even, you know, a young coach that has a, you know, I'm not very much experience or whatever. And that's, I'm always willing to help them too. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and that's what I want to remember as, as a guy that cares and loves people and that is loyal yeah. and humble. I love it. And we love you too, coach. So here's a gift from my wife and I. Oh, wow. To you. Wow. Okay. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Love it. High quality material for a high quality man. Yes. <laughs> My own defining moment shirt. Podcast. I love it. <laughs> I will wear this with pride. And yes, I can sir. actually say I know what a podcast is now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. And there's something else in here. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love, love, love it. And I'm a big coffee drinker. Yeah. We Yeah. Coach T, baby. <laughs> I love it. That's what I tell the kids. Like, Sweet tea. Yeah. It's me. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I, I remember, I know you like to drink coffee, and I yes. remember the server talking about something. You're like, hey, tell him Coach T. Remember Coach T. So we wanted to get you a unique mug that said just Coach T. That's awesome. I may We may never wrestle for you. You never have taught us, but you're teaching us right you now. You are awesome. <laughs> you're just as much. I love both of you. I know that. Thank you, guys. That's awesome. Two more questions. First one, how do the listeners and viewers get in touch with you? No cell numbers unless you want to give it out, but that's Well, that's it's on my bath it's on a lot of bathroom walls on my phone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, no. They can get hold of me at my my email, and this is my home email, is Larry Tettleton at yahoo.com. And uh or they can call they can call me at school. Uh, my number is 405-726-5827. And that's so, so I guarantee it. Just call somebody in Edmond, let them know you're looking for Coach T, and they'll find me. So, right on. <laughs> that's one reason. That's one way you can find it. So, Coach Elton, do you approve this podcast? I approve this podcast. This podcast. <laughs> I do. This is awesome. This is awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Coach. My name is Wong Lam, and I definitely approve this podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you Bro, so I much. I love you, man. Love you, man. You're awesome. Oh, God. You've been awesome. <laughs> I love you.
I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast. <laughs>